Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome to another edition of Tag the Roll. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. We want to hear from you and get your feedback. And of course, shoot us any questions, comments, anything over on Twitter. The draft is, I think, three weeks away now, which is absolutely insane to, to even contemplate. But to, to dive into it, we have a really fun pod today, getting back into some of the meat of the, the lottery or, or not lottery, depending on how you're looking at it. Um, Jake, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Excited to talk prospects. I think we have a really interesting group today. Uh, when we were kind of talking about our plan for, it's, as you said, it's crazy. It's all coming to a culmination and an end in about three weeks. It's so funny when you just move on from a draft cycle. It's like the prospects that just consume so much of your daily thoughts just become not afterthoughts because you hopefully see them in the, in the NBA and watch them enjoy NBA positive NBA careers. But it, the consumption and 
thought and discourse around them is just not even close to what it was during their draft year. But I'm really glad that we picked this group. I, I think when we're looking back on the 2022 draft in a few years, I think these three, three and a half players that we're talking about, um, I think one of them will probably hit to a high level just based on true probability while others will other one or two may flame out. Um, I think it's a very, I don't want to say it like a, it's not a swing skill. It's not a particular skill, but a swing group uh, when, for when we look back on the class, all guys that are projected in like the top, I would say teens. I don't know what Atari is, but very fun group, uh, fun archetype projection skill set. It's a lot of good things going on. So I'm very happy to talk about it. Yeah. So, I mean, you already let the cat out of the bag a little bit. So we're talking about uh, saying versatile forward seems like the wrong way to put it. Uh, but I mean, that's essentially what we're doing. We're talking about Keegan Murray, Jeremy Sohan, and Tari Eason today, and probably a little bit more on, on some other Baylor players <laughs> as well. Um, so, Jake, I guess where do you want where do you want to get started with this one? First of all, you mi- you missed the sexy buzzword. It's modern fours. That's that's what we call them. Sure. Um, that's that's how we're gonna go about this. But I think let's start with Keegan Murray. He is a consensus highest highly rated of the bunch. Mocked anywhere it seems. I've seen all the way up to four, uh, which I cannot get behind. But any it seems anywhere from four to like eight or nine it is his comfortable draft range. How do you sit with that? It's, it's probably an easy way to start. Yeah, I'm probably not there with four, but I do think um, like pretty easily I can understand like around six. Like I think that's where it starts for me with him. Like um, overall, just with this class, like I think that to me. Keegan is obviously not going to, I think him and Johnny are going to get some of the same kind of like, oh, you know, like, yeah, he's a really good player, but he's not like this super young prospect. Blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know. I'm I'm actually pretty high on Keegan and who we can be in the NBA. So he's who I would have probably top out of this group right now. Not probably. I would. I, so I would, I think I give Tari a slight nod over Keegan. However, I'm comfortable with Keegan higher than I was uh, like a month, two months ago. And I think that is in large part to the fact that his offense is very good. There's somewhat, there's just no way around it. Um, He's very productive. I would say that his box scores are probably louder than his actual on film impact and projection when it comes to offensive ceiling and impact. But he does a really good job of just finding ways to put the ball in the basket that don't involve catering him looks Uh, obviously he got some post-ups and made his money's worth down low but I was most impressed with the shooting in my recent rewatch of him and kind of just going back over the film over the past month or two um it's impressive he's a very capable movement shooter uh from a catch and shoot standpoint not necessarily running off pin downs at full speed and one twoing into like a jj reddick three but in terms of relocating finding open pockets in the defense sliding down to the corner um working off a uh, different footworks, either one, two, or a hop, just some real versatility, a, lo- a lot of good results. Like he took good volume about, I think six, six and a half per 100, uh, if I recall correctly, and made them at a 39% clip. Like that's legit. Uh, and I think a lot of the Keegan Murray discourse is kind of centered around him being a bruising force down low. And that's not necessarily going to translate. And that's where I, I do agree. And I think a lot of his production is probably going to get scaled down a bit because of uh, the size and age gap uh, is going to shrink dramatically when he ascends levels. But an area where I do think he's a little bit underrated is the shot. 
Yeah, no, 100%. Like you mentioned, uh, like where it's not, uh, there's, it's not much of a comparison, but he's by far the best shooter in this group of three, um, yeah. like without a doubt. And he's, I wouldn't go as far as saying he's one of like the best shooters in the draft, but he's up there. Like um, he's not AJ or Jabari, but he definitely brings a lot. Like you mentioned with the versatility, I think has almost been undersold at points. Um, I think right now the biggest hangup for me and why I wouldn't have him, uh, you know, in that top five right now would just be where I'm at with his actual ability to uh, attack closeouts and really capitalize on his shooting gravity. I think that's something that could come in time to a degree, obviously. Um, but that's definitely like one of the only things. But again, like the shooting is just so good. And like you mentioned, I think what's important too is how good he is moving without the ball. Like he's really good at it. Like I, I agree too that he's not going to have like some of the same bruising ability. But part of, again, going back and watching him in Iowa that stands out to me is how much he was able to eat without even having stuff run for him that much. Like yeah. he was just, he's always the first player. It's, it sounds very coach speaking cliche, but he's always the first player down transition. He will score three or four baskets every game just off of deep seals in transition. So I think like the team that he's playing on and their personnel could be really important for, you know, maximizing him for sure. Um, as it is with any prospect, but like he's a really, really good offensive player. To me, he's the king of when you're watching a game. It's like four minutes in. You're just like, damn, Keegan has eight points already. Yeah, because exactly. it's like it's not very loud and in terms of someone like when when Ogbaji comes out of the gate, like gunning these deep contested threes, and you're like, and, and it's ingrained in your mind. You know it. Like Keegan's ability to just get these subtle buckets that just come within the flow of the game, as you said, getting a deep seal in transition, like he is very, very polished when it comes to being an off-ball scorer. And, and I think that, I don't want to say it's underrated and under-discussed when talking about him because he gets a lot of praise. And I mean, I, I think I was talking about someone the other day or maybe that, he, you know, his best ability is, is uh, his just knack for being able to score without, as you said, anything run for him. And I think that is something that will definitely translate. We noted he's a good relocator and has a good feel for sliding into pockets of the defense on the perimeter. Same holds true for in the arc, like knows where to duck in, is really good on the offensive glass. Like, as you said, it sounds cliche and it sounds replaceable until you're the one with that edge over the other team. And it just, you're consistently getting those buckets. You're consistently winning those 50-50 balls. I'm not saying that's a reason to draft him fifth, but I do think it's a part of the entire sell for him, which is someone who can really just contribute to at a high level um, as like an offensive foreman. Yeah, I think what I'm most excited about too with him is just having a competent uh, guard to play with, or just not even just guard, initiator to play with um, in the NBA because like no offense to like, I was guards, but there was a, I mean, this was not like a heavy pick and roll based offense or anything, but also we just didn't there. Like the, the decision-making throughout the offense was, was not awesome, especially from like a dribble drive, create anything for him to attack secondary stuff. So like, again, like you saw him get to do a lot of the um, like garbage man stuff, but I don't really think we got to see him do what will make him so enticing me. And that is getting to be a roller because I think, um, like, obviously, his handle definitely needs work. Um, and again, like, I think that's not necessarily something that's going to just get miles better. But I do think he's somebody I look at where if he's able to, you know, catch the ball in a roll, like he slips a, a trap or something. Like, I just env envision him playing for the Mavs and like, uh, okay, catch the ball from Luca, take one or two dribbles and at the rim, 
or I'd be interested to, I think obviously, you know, uh, fine tuning someone's decision-making passing, not that it's bad, but I do think like he needs to get more um, aggressive with his passing at times. Um, so that would be interesting to see, but I think like, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot there in terms of him being like you mentioned, I think uh, versatile forward, I'm not quite there at, but like versatile four for sure. I don't really see him as being a three in really too many no. lineups. Um, I also don't really see him being a five in too many lineups, but I also think it's a bad thing. Like I, I think, you know, what he brings at a position that is pretty, as we always see is really difficult to find um, a player who can hang on both sides. I think that you get that in Keegan. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm currently writing about is it getting a four and what is the job of like the connecting four? And uh, I, I obviously you're not going to go for a connecting supporting cast role player at the top five or six picks. But in terms of a realistic outcome for Keegan, like as you noted, as a roller, I really like his game in like the short mid range. And I think that is something that can really translate from his low post. Like he worked a lot, it was back to the basket, but it's the same touch when you're working from a hook shot or a little push shot. And I think I'm definitely with you on the handle. I think it could use a a lot of work and given where he is on the age curve, it's not super optimistic, but I do think like he might not have to get all the way to the rim. If he's attacking, like he can get to one or two dribbles, then go for a push shot. Um, Mm -hmm. Where do you think he relates to the other two when it comes to passing? Uh, I mean, I think that's tough just because, like, especially in talking about Tari, and I guess we can start branching to other guys too, but, like, in talking about Tari, it's difficult because I feel like Tari is very much so somebody who has, like, really good displays of field, but then he also has some very poor displays of it. Um, I think that I would probably have Keegan as the worst of the three as a passer. Um, and that's not necessarily meant as a slight, but I think it's just you're getting some stuff off the dribble from the other two, and you're not really getting that from Keegan right now. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think um, Tuan's definitely the best for me. It was yeah. more about deciding and splitting hairs between the other two. Right now, yeah, you did like that's just the thing with Tari, and I think this is a good segue. Is that the thing that makes Tari super tough is that he kind of like at some point he has flashed almost everything right? Like he has flashed dribble counters going from left to right. And he has flashed the ability to hit pull-up threes. He has flashed the ability to make a very good read while getting downhill. He has also flashed the ability to go behind the back right into his defender or take a wildly erratic ill-advised floater or pick up his dribble and settle for a just really poor shot. And so I think with Tari, like I, Tari's kind of the guy where I understand, like, while I like him and I think I kind of like him, I'm pretty, yeah, I like him the best out of the three, but I also, I understand I'm open to, I mean, I'm, I understand the case for Sohan above him. Like I definitely understand the case for Keegan above him. Um, But Tari is someone where I understand, given the sample that we've been forced to evaluate, I understand. And it's rational for you to be on the lower end of the spectrum, but it's also like, I've seen the high end stuff. And I do think like, I think we should talk about what Tari concretely has Um, aside from the raging flashes on either end of the spectrum, like at his core, when you shave everything down, what are you really banking on um, from Tari Eason? Uh, I think what makes it interesting uh, is that like, I mean, where are you at with the shot right now? I think what's difficult is like, Again, I think his shot is cleanly the second best in the group, but also it's very uh, selective. Like he like like I think uh, 
uh, Caitlin Cooper over at Indy Cornrows, who I do a podcast with, noted this really well in our pod that we did on him. Like he very much is like lining the ball up with the rim. Uh, and it just like you can see, like literally he, he cannot hit anything from the left side of the floor consistently. Um, when he's able to line up with his right more steadily, great. But I and I not that I think that that's everything. Like sometimes the micro might not matter as much. Um, but I also think like in terms of what his actual versatility as a shooter is going to be. But then again, like you mentioned, like there are moments where it's like, okay, I'll take a step back three and oh look, it went in. And like, again, that's not stuff that I think is going to be his game in the NBA, but like, it just gives you a little bit more confidence that there is something there. Um, obviously the free throw shooting was pretty good this year. So I think that gives you more to bank on as well. But then again, like, I just don't really know what to make of some of his other displays of touch. Like, I think he can put really good touch on the ball as a passer. He can also put terrible touch on the ball as a passer. Um, I sent you the clip of that floater. Granted, it was late shot clock, but he had a floater he threw up uh, with about three seconds left uh, in a half against Texas A&M this year, and it almost went over the backboard. Um, like, there, but I mean, but but again, then he'll have like some really quality floaters and, and touch shots inside the arc. Um, again, too, like it comes into the he is extremely one handed on drives and finishing, like finishing with his left hand and driving with his left hand is just it's not a thing right now. Um, like he actively looks to go away from it. I do think he got better at it as the year went on, except is more finding opportunities to pass out of it instead of doing the erratic stuff that would come. Um, where are you at on that? I think the number one thing that I'm banking on, and it's going to be at the crux of why I'm hopeful with him is the straight line driving ability from his right and the ability to do that from both a standstill to attack closeouts. Cause I do buy the shot. Um, I don't think he's going to be a ridiculously knockdown shooter, but someone who is going to take them and draw closeouts. Like I, I think if you just let him shoot open threes, I don't think that's going to be like a reasonable defensive approach. Um, Obviously, people are going to shade him left and close out on his right hip. Like, that's probably going to happen. Um, and I think those are developments that absolutely will need to happen in time. Um, but I do think the right hand, like, it's real. He is over 50%. Or over, I think it's like his free throw rate was like 51 and a half. Um, just an absolute monster at getting downhill, embracing contact. He's really, like, that's the difference between um, what I'd say about him and Sohan, or from him and Sohan and even Keegan Murray is that while all their handles are pretty loose, like none of them really have the ball in a string, as we said, like they're not going to be running offense. It's more so capitalizing on advantages, whether it's attacking closeouts, uh, being pick and pop, pick and roll on the short roll. Like they're going to be put in advantageous situations. It's do you have the skills to even capitalize on that? And with Tari, while his handle and his counters aren't necessarily as high level as you'd like, He's extremely strong. He's really fast. And he's just an absolute menace getting downhill. Um, so even if he has guys on his hip, he's going to continue to power through. He's not going to settle for a spin. And it's even like his counters drop the shoulder, um, which is why he picks up a good amount of charges. And obviously that's something that's going to have to be toned down and he's going to have to read and make better decisions. But I, I do trust his ability to slash, um, especially going right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I think one of the things that I'm trying to work through is how much to weigh some of the micro stuff like that. Um, and I'm not sure. I, I don't know where I come out on it, but I do think like you're mentioning, like the 
it, and it's obviously again like burst in terms of what he's going to be able to do attacking off the second side. Um, it's not burst like running shit, but like he has legitimately very good burst alongside like like you mentioned again, his handle is uh, kind of all over the place sometimes, but he pulls off some really solid combinations and stuff that I'm like, okay, no, I'm not expecting that from the other two at any point in time. Um, and there's just, I think like you're mentioning, a lot is going to come down to where you're at with, with things otherwise. But I, I, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think Tari to me is the top 10 guy in this, this, this class um, because of like, to me, like, I think the way that I, I pointed out when, when Caitlin and I were talking um, like, I look at him and I think, yes, the defense is definitely um, it's very much a pick your poison type thing. Like it, um, I think that he would really thrive in some defensive systems. I think he would be pretty poor in other ones. Um, and a lot's going to depend on the coaching staff too and what, what the, what the buy-in is from them and, and what the front office wants too. Because if you're drafting Tari to try and mold him into a player that is less erratic and is like all of these things, I don't know what you're getting then, because I think the part of the idea to me is at least really trying to tap into some of the things that he does do that. And again, like obviously not like charging into people, but like, I think, to me, the best version of Tari is going to be somebody who is able to really obviously tight, hone down some of it, but also really tap into it and, and get opportunities to keep working on it. Yeah, I think the best version of Tari is someone who you're kind of keeping all of the ideals, the approach and the skills intact. And you're kind of just firmly molding them into something that's a little bit rescinded and smaller and more niche versus he's not going to have all these responsibilities, but I don't like, I envision the best version of Tari still being an absolute bowling ball downhill and like picking up a charge call. It's going to happen, but it's because those like no prospect and no individual skills. Perfect. And your charge here and there is worth him just being an absolute beast downhill and embracing contact, leveraging into the defense, getting and ones, uh, engaging on the offensive glass after he gets in, like after his individual misses, um, all that stuff and the motor like is constantly running motor. He's an absolute competitive freak in the best way possible. Like you need all that stuff still. And I you know I do think like this is a good transition into, into his decision-making because that's what I would, I would kind of phrase it a little differently with the micro stuff, because I do think as someone who is very in on Tari and willing to take the gamble, it is a gamble because like these are micro concerns, but they no longer become super micro when there's a lot of them and they all work hand in hand in preventing. So like a micro con and in it's within itself, him, his counter being dropping his shoulder and picking up a charge. That is like a micro concern. Um, him not necessarily driving left and always wanting to get back to his right hand. Micro, con like definitely more of a macro concern, but still within itself, micro. Him uh, not necessarily displaying an, a great awareness and wherewithal of when to drive, when not to drive. Micro concern, like we can work with that. But when all these things are combined together and working in tangent, you have to overcome each obstacle on every single drive. It becomes a little bit harder. And like that to me, is what like the even though I'm probably like most confident in his straight line driving ability, I do think it's more of like a macro concern of his decision making as a as a driver uh, um, is something that I'm definitely going to be keeping tabs on early on his career. Is, is he able to operate in this more rescinded role? Because I don't think it works um, if he's not purely attacking closeouts and attacking swings and skips. Um, if he's kind of going to take on like. Like, I don't see, I mean, obviously any, any development is, is not off the table, but 
he's not necessarily someone I see having a wild development. And it's like, you go back like, Oh, he was handling the ball and he reigned in his decision-making and took on a better process. Like that's not the vibe I get from him. And that's not, you know, the approach that I'm taking with scouting, but it's, Hey, this is all really cool and good. And also super effective. If we can just hone it in, we can extract a ton of value from this as our fourth guy on like when we're swinging and it's been rotating, we kick out and we redrive. And then we finally kick out with like six seconds on the shot clock. And the defense have to close out to this guy and he's going to shoot it or pump, go and try to dunk on you. That's valuable. Um, and I think I trust him most in that aspect, especially when compared to the three. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and I think what helps too in the way that I'm trying to look at it is that the, at least I, my, maybe I'm like over theorizing it, but my hope is just, you know, putting him in a much smaller role, like obviously much smaller. No, role. Same. He was at 32% usage at LSU. He's not going to be close to that in the NBA. If your role is literally just, okay, work within the offense, attack closeouts and swing pass, swing, swing the ball when you're not open. Like, I think that yes, you're still going to have mistakes and stuff, but I think it makes it a lot easier when you're giving somebody a much smaller thing to digest at first um, and just like primarily focus on that and that being like the main, you know, pathways they're trying to work on. Um, I think that really would help for sure. Um, at least that's my, that's my, my hope, but we'll see. So I, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, a reason I've kind of like ping pong between Tari and Keegan, and I ultimately went with uh, Tari because I do buy the shot and I trust one is the defense and I, I'm yeah. willing to take the bad on his defense. Um, I think they all, it all coincides in the same like decision-making realm and just over being just overly ambitious. Like that's kind of who he is as a player. Um, but a lot, we spoke about with Tari, a lot of closeout attacking. We want to talk about Keegan like a little bit and like, because I feel like we kind of brushed over him a little quickly because we kind of praised, like, I love Keegan as an off-ball scorer. I really buy him as a shooter. But the one thing kind of holding me back is that that hand on, you said it, uh, the ability to really attack closeouts and put pressure on redrives. Where, where do you kind of see him there? Yeah, I think one thing that's tough is I do wonder how much how much different it'll look in an NBA offense because, like, Iowa is not exactly a super spread out no. team. Um, it's not, it's not sexy in any way shape or form um but that being said like he would like routinely get a pretty wide open lane take one or two dribbles and then a center is caught back up to him like that is a very real issue right now i think part of it is like he has very little shin angle whatsoever um like it looks like he's going up uh like you know like a stair stepper thing uh (laughs) sometimes when he's driving uh and just where with where the hand it's but the handle is more of a problem because like yeah, it's just not enough to actually get him moving forward. Like you can tell, like I think is like he's definitely athletic enough to to attack closeouts, but it's just like having the actual coordination with his handle is not there. Um, like especially in the Ohio State game. Like to be fair, um, Zed Key is like decently mobile, but also like if you get three or four steps on him, he should not be able to get back in front of you on a closeout. Like that just can't happen. Um, so that is a very real concern. And I, I do wonder how much that's going to get better. What do you think of Keegan's defense? I think, uh, especially like, I want to go back and watch more of it from his freshman year, but I do remember it being quite a bit better his freshman year. And I had people yeah. hit me up about that too. Um, I think that it's good, not great. Like, I think it's more, if you're asking him to save your whole defense, it's a mistake, but 
I do think he's somebody who can definitely slot into a team defense and be pretty, pretty capable. Um, like, I think my, the way that I view him is like, I think he's going to be able to hang up with uh, on the perimeter with a lot of fours. Um, when it gets to threes is where it's going to be a little bit more dicey, but I also think um, like he's active. He has a decent amount of length. Um, I, I, I do think like there are going to be times for sure. Like I don't think that you'll ever see him switched onto a guard or at least hopefully not. Um, but I do think he's going to have some versatility uh, in the front court defensively. And I think the bigger thing too, is more like when he doesn't have to make like, I don't want to say that he can't make like crazy ground coverage plays, but that's not really his game. Like I think that he can, if, if he's like a, a lot of it's going to be positioning for him, but I do think like he can probably impact the game more as a weak side room protector than, than we maybe have given him credit for in prior pods. Um, like, again, I don't think that it's necessarily going to be, um, I, I don't know. I think out of, out of the three guys, I would probably consider him the, uh, would I consider him the least of the rim protectors out of three guys? I'm trying to think. Because um, he is pretty good coming in from the weak side. So I don't know. But, like, point being, it doesn't have to be pitting them against one another. But I do think, like, I view him as somebody who will be a defensive a defensive positive in time. Yeah, I don't completely disagree. And in from the sophomore stuff I remember, it was definitely better, especially from operating within the scheme. Like, my issues with him as a sophomore was he was just – a little over ambitious without necessarily like the returns to like my thing with Tari is Tari is plenty of times has got caught shooting the gap at the wrong time. And like, oh, just, I was talking about Keegan's defense. No, no. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, oh. I was dabbling in between the two. Um, I'm saying Keegan, like to me, I've in some of the stuff I've watched, like he was just a little too aggressive, like over aggressive. Um, I would, I would feel at times where like over helping um, just, like when he had to tag in, like making the right read, but like committing a little bit too early. And my, my point was, I was just saying like, Tari, I'm a little bit more comfortable. Like I can see someone being like, oh, you just praised Tari and swept under the rug for him being over aggressive. My point is like, I think Tari's like, obviously his impact, like you take the good with the bad. Like I didn't see that overwhelming imp impact from Keegan to kind of warrant the leash in my, in my opinion. Um, Everyone's kind of entitled to their own subjective opinion especially when it comes to defense it's super hard to evaluate um but for me i was kind of more comfortable just like letting tari run wild and taking the good and the bad um versus keegan who i kind of like doesn't have the tools um and i would rather him just kind of stay solid but yeah i i think the port the part where he kind of loses some luster especially compared to sohan and tari is the perimeter defense stuff like watching Tari and so on defend on the perimeter is so fun. Like Tari was just switching on to Quinterly. And I know Quinterly is not like the burstiest of guards, but JQ, JD Davison, Shackleford, and just like giving all of them absolute hell. And like I know those are like fringe NBA guards, all three of them probably, but those are damn good college guards who like have their like JD is super is quick. J Javon has an absolute bag and his handle can, is so good. Yeah, yeah his handle is so fun. I was um, watching him today too against uh I watched their, their Baylor game and he was he was sick in that game. But yeah. Um no, I agree. It's uh it's very different. I think a lot will be um how do things I, I don't know if I would consider I'm not enough of a physio person to say whether well, or not it's like core lower body, but I do think like how much bend he's able to potentially get would be essential to see especially because like talking just here like 
he really uh, kind of similar to Mark Williams, but more of as a forward. Like I feel like he's his hips are very high, and that that definitely impacts where he's at on the perimeter. Yeah, for sure. I just like don't. Yeah, it's not the same pop, but it's interesting to contrast him to someone like Sohan. We haven't touched on Sohan at all yet. Sohan isn't like a quick twitch guy, but he's very. He stays. He does a great job of not biting on any like on anything when he's on the ball and just like staying grounded staying center um and kind of just he does a good job of mirroring but he doesn't really get caught like being overzealous to like any hang dribbles um, ball fakes any of that so sohan is super interesting who, who do you like on ball more um we'll say to guard like wings and then we can kind of take it to like a, a lower like i think tari tari does have uh, do you think tari has any future like at the three I think like to me, I yeah. think the ideal version of Atari is at the three. Um, yeah. Like that's my hope. Um, and I think that's where it gets interesting talking about Sohan too. But like, I think right now, Sohan is definitely the better perimeter defender, like pretty unquestionably to me, just technique. And uh, like you mentioned, His, not yeah, bowing, he's while still being is. really aggressive. Um, like he, if you run weave action against Baylor, like what are you even doing? Like, he's just going to make sure that there's no penetration whatsoever, regardless of who takes the ball. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's interesting because to me, like, I just, I would view, I still think Tari to me is the better defensive prospect, um, because I value his ground coverage skills a lot more. Um, and I also think he's very good on the ball. So like, yeah, I'm not so to ball. me, like, and again, that's not meant as a slight at on. Like, I still think he's a very good defensive prospect, but I, I mean, would you say Tari covers ground better? Cause I, I would say so. He's just qu- like, I think he's less sound like he's definitely less sound. Well, yeah he's way um, less sound but i think but, that's part of the, the gamble and taking him like 100 percent. well tari's tools are like tari's quicker he gets off the like he has higher i would say yeah to me tari is going to like i shouldn't say going to be i think that the uh tari in three or four years could be a much better rim protection guy than than sohan is right now I, I mean, I think Tari gives you a ceiling that Sohan doesn't necessarily possess just purely based on the tools and, and versatility. Like, I I think Sohan, this is kind of some a way I'll put it. I think Sohan is a better bet to be good or, ve- and, and, or like very good at that. Like, I think there's a legitimate, I don't want to say median, but like highly attainable outcome for Jeremy Sohan to be a plus plus um defender at the mm-hmm. four whether that be low man guarding threes and fours even getting into like the stuff of, of like these wing initiators on the ball i think his physicality and technique could give them a ton of trouble um and then just being super sound when it comes to team defense and rotations i do think tari has a level that is you know i don't want to say it's a long shot but there's a level um and a, and a certain outcome that is within his realm of possibilities that i think exceeds like the maximized version of someone does, can i does explain that check out my you? thing here because of that i'm i'm right there with you i think the best way for me to put this is that i think uh like what makes what makes me feel in the same boat as you like someone is so good with technique and, and not fucking up but tari is like the guy who the fact that he fucks up as often as he does and oh, that's just totally the wrong way to put it i've been very bad with worrying today uh he's an incredible defensive player but like the fact that he's able to make as many mistakes and still erases them is what makes me excited about him for the next level. Because I think like the, the best play for me that's ever embodied what makes a great 
defender, not a good defender, a great defender. Uh, there was a play in the bubble. The Pacers were playing the Suns. Uh, right, never forget the Sun. The Suns bubble run was sick. Uh, Suns bubble, but, yeah. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is guarding TJ Warren, and TJ Warren is coming up for a. Um, it's it's supposed to be a Chicago action, but uh, it's a it's a fake, and TJ just forty five cuts the shit out of Mikhail, like like Mikhail is going like the complete opposite way. TJ is like halfway to the rim. And uh, um, so TJ gets the ball uh, from, I, I don't remember who the fuck passed it, but then as soon as the ball is in the air, Mikhail like comes back and just like gets it out of nowhere and it's transitioned down the other end. Like I, maybe I'm being too harsh, but I think especially, you know, going back through and, and, and watching stuff again and, and going through some of the clips that I had saved from earlier this year, I view Sohan very much so as somebody once he gets beat, like he obviously is going to get back into the play, but I don't think he's somebody who he gets beat and is making a play two steps later. Like maybe that's an unfair way to put it, but I think that's kind of where I'm at right now with, with him and Tari. Like I think Tari is somebody who just because of his length and the athleticism and instincts he has, he's capable of doing that. I'm not quite there with Sohan right now. Yeah. It always, it'll always come back to the conversation. Like, Margin of error. What provides you with the most margin of error? On, yeah. On the floor? And I know that sounded really harsh and unfair, but I just think like, again, like in terms of it's not meant to pit the guys against one another, but I do think like in terms of talking about uh, where they're at as defensive prospects, like I just think, again, like you're mentioning, I think Tari just has another level of what he could get to. And again, very, very good yeah. point that you made that Sohan might well be the better defender his entire career. Like things just might not go right developmentally for Tari. You never know. Um, but I pretty, I'm pretty willing to take a chance on that. Like that's, it's incredible stuff. So to me, the whole conversation is Tari is especially appealing. Tari would be much less appealing to me in a different draft in like the range that we're talking about. And I know like all time, it's like, Oh, when you get to the league, you're not like against your draft peers. Like you're against player X from the draft two years before you. So it doesn't really matter. And I'm not saying that. Well, yeah, but the like, contract number and that's, where no, you no, draft is going to matter. Yeah. yeah. So it's no one that absolutely matters. And two, like you still have to make the pick. Like you have to pick based on who's available on the board. Um, and I do think like I'm not drafting Tari because he's the second best secondary room protector in the class. Like I'm drafting Tari because I like the bet. And like I think the whole thing, and I want to talk more about Sohan about why I feel this way. The whole thing would be less enticing if I felt that Keegan and Sohan were like these slam dunk home run fours who could instant, like are going to provide you with, you know, a good instant, like, I don't want to say, I don't hate seeing ceiling and floor, but like, you know what they're going to bring from day one. And there's also these avenues for upside. Like, I don't necessarily feel that way about either one of them. So when I'm looking at like this type of player and this type of skill set, I keep coming back to like, oh, but like, here's the shiny canvas and it's like not entirely a canvas because there are very well flashes of every as you said of the good it's just also flashes of the bad and the ugly and it's how do you weigh all this and can, do you trust that mentally he's going to buy into a smaller role but again like for me it would be much easier to not get carried away with these alternate outcomes if i like the fear of missing out on Sohan or even like Keegan to an extent, like I like Keegan and Tari and Keegan will probably end up being back to back. And I understand why an organization would 1000% take Keegan over Tari completely get it. I'm just saying for me, if I'm making a decision um, or just as an evaluator, like 
being enticed by the gamble is kind of amplified by like me not being super enthralled by either one of the options, like especially when it comes to Sohan. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can get into that now. Um, as awesome as he is defensively, I do think what is difficult, and I think we hit on it a little bit in talking about you know, being a good versus great defender. And again, I, I really hope this doesn't come off as harsh, just being honest. Like, um, how would you rate Jeremy Sohan as an athlete? Um, like, not a very good one. Um, but in what sense? Like, I guess, I, guess like, I think I, the lateral quickness is really good. That's um, what I was going to say. Like, I, that, I was, that matters a ton. Yeah. But in terms of some other things, like, he's pretty stiff. In my opinion, like he's a very stiff athlete, or I guess very is probably unfair, but I would say he's a pretty stiff athlete. Um, I don't think it just handles bad by any means, but again, like we're talking about with Tari, like again, the handle isn't awesome, but he's so fast and strong in tandem that it just doesn't matter sometimes. With Sohan, like it it does matter pretty often. Like again, I think watching today, part of what's so awesome about his game is his ability. Like if he does get walled off, he'll make a quick pass and he'll move again. And a lot of times that ended up in him, you know, being able to um, do attack a secondary drive or something off a cut because he does move the ball. But I do think it was kind of jarring watching how often he just gets stuck on drives going to the rim. Um, And then just also like in terms of rim protection, like there's a lot of times where I think that he brings some stuff that could like, I I think he will be impactful as a weak side rim protector, but I don't know if uh, like, I think the extent is where I'm interested to see because he's not a great leaper off of his back foot right now. Um, Like you can see him, like he makes the right reads. He gets there at the right time, but the play just isn't quite there. Um, Like, I mean, I felt like, again, it's unfair to just fully use the Baylor game, but I do think that it showed up not the GC place really the Alabama game. I thought the Alabama game was a really great game for showcasing, uh, where I'm at with him as a rim protector right now, still again, like impactful, but I just think this is more talking about where we're at with him offensively and why I'm just, it, it is really hard to kind of contextualize him for me right now. Yeah. I was going to ask offense is what it is. I was going to ask which side of the floor, because I do think he's like totally a functional athlete on defense, even though like, I wish it was, I wish, as you said, he got off the ground quicker and was a better leaper. So you could parlay that with his instincts, which are, extremely good and we could be working with like a ridiculously valuable second side rim protector instead it's he's going to get there he's going to wall up he's going to have great technique but someone just might jump higher than him and it might not like the contest is might lose its luster offensively though as you said like just getting downhill the difference between him and like sohan's handle is it better than tari's like it very well like it could be i i think that He's better at not losing his handle. Is a fair yeah, way to put definitely. it. Yeah, definitely. His, uh, his ball control is definitely. Yeah, his ball control is better. But Tari definitely shows. Saying he has a better bag sounds so reductive, but like <laughs> he definitely shows more of actually being able to take somebody off the dribble. Um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because I feel like most of Tari's losing the ball is transitioning from right to left hand, or if he gets caught at the nail, because that happened a lot. Caught at the nail, or just like help, like like just someone showing help and then transitioning from that. But my point was that like. While Sohan's ball control is definitely better um, than Tari's, which theoretically is something that would aid you in getting downhill with someone on your hip, it doesn't matter because Tari turns corners that Sohan just doesn't, um, and and that's working off a tilted defense and being able to attack the closeout. Like we haven't really even necessarily talked about like 
the fact that Sohan might not generate closeouts, which is like, if that doesn't happen, it's problematic. Yeah. Like if that doesn't happen, the whole thing kind of falls apart. And this is kind of like spoiler. What I'm writing about right now is that even give it like, even if you were to evaluate these two prospects on the same playing field, when it comes to attacking tilts, defenses, and attacking closeouts, which you could kind of level it out because they each have their pros and cons. Like when one of them gets into the teeth of defense and they get walled off, I trust so on more. He's a much better decision maker. He's shown he's well adept at throwing the right kick out pass and making the right read. Um, he can score in the mid in the short mid area a little bit, but like if I when getting all those all the way to the rim and drawing free throws, Tari hundred percent, but that like this utopia where they're on the same playing field as shooters and as people who are going to generate closeouts and keep the defense honest and in rotation. It's not necessarily reality based on where they are at shooters as shooters right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's really tough is trying to, uh, to parse through that because my thing is more uh, like I, I and I'm I, I think that he was Sohan was able to make a lot of plays uh, work just because he is so smart in the way that he sees the court um, and how he attacks. But also, I just watch it and I'm like, especially again, like going to that Kansas game, I thought was really indicative. They end up winning that game uh, because their guards were fantastic in that game. Uh, and I thought, I mean, the defense was really good too, but like he got mashed up with David McCormick for a lot of the game. And while they were able to make it work on defense to shut down what Kansas wanted to run um, offensively, like he was pretty good in the first half, but then in the second half, David McCormick just didn't close out to him. And he had great to, to his credit. He made a he made a wide open three, but also like the defense was willing to give that up because they just weren't, they didn't want to give up the middle penetration. And I felt like that's just my biggest thing with Sohan. Is he ever like the shot is so rough right now comparatively to anything. Like I just, just to give you a, again, the Bart is not everything. I do think that sometimes we can be a little too loose, not us, but just people in general can be a little too loose with some of the Bart queries. But um when filtering for, you know, like what, like his, his usage being already kind of lower, um, you know, for his assist rate, stocks, blocks, free throw rate, you know, three pointers per 100, uh, what his percentage was from the line and, and, and from three, like you get a very uh, difficult group to look at prospect wise and get an awesome feeling about who he's going to be as a shooter. Like Herb is on this list, but it's 2020 Herb. So he surpassed a lot of these things after his sophomore year. And granted, so on his freshman this year, but also like, again, if we're just talking strictly based on last year, I think Herb showed a lot more um, as a senior at Alabama, but then you have like Draymond. And I think that we can, that like we can throw that comparison out of the window for the most part. Um, Cause I, I just think that's genuinely a very unfair prospect comp at any point in time for anyone. Um, so, okay. You have like Jordan Bell who, I, I don't know why he's on here because he didn't meet the three-point recommendation list, but he was, like, very much just somebody at Oregon who was, like, if I remember correctly, Jordan Bell, like, shot more in the tournament than he did when he was uh, in his regular season. Everybody got very excited about him. Um, <laughs> Rodney Williams from Minnesota, who I do not remember at all. Um, Patrick Ewing Jr., like, it is a very – it is a list that does not inspire a lot of confidence in me for what his shot might be. Like, Raekwon Gray is on this list. Shout out Raekwon Gray. <laughs> um, I mean, again, this is not meant as slander, but it's more just like the touch indicators really are not, not there. Like, especially inside the R2, like the, the free throw struggles were for real. Um, I don't really feel awesome about his, 
um, interior or mid-range touch. Like, I don't think it's terrible, but also it doesn't make me think like, oh, there's more here for him as a, as a shooter necessarily, just by seeing where his touches on other areas of the court. Yeah. It's, it's also super tough because it's not necessarily mechanically sound. And, um, well, it looks very, it looks pretty different every time. Like some, it's just, yeah, I think like, again, this sounds, uh, a little bit unfair. I feel like I've said a million times as five, but like, I just hate dogging on people. Uh, like his shot is where you see the stiffness in him as an athlete. I think the most, like, that's just every time I see him shoot, I'm like, ah, oh, that's stiff. Like it, it reminds me of like, you ever play 2k? Of course you play 2k. The literally st- generic stiff 2k shot is like very much so what Sohan shot can look like at times. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what complicates this whole thing on, on offense because Keegan's going to shoot the hell out of the ball. Like, I don't know. That was a little harsh. That was a little much. Keegan's going to shoot the ball. I'm like pretty confident that he's going to shoot the ball at a level where you're going to need to close out. And if you let him take open threes, that's a win for the offense. Like, I, are you willing to say, I'm willing to say that Um, for as far as this offensive projection after this year. Yeah, no, exactly. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, so what I'm getting is like it, with regards to these three prospects specifically, like Keegan is going to space the floor and he's going to do the weird Keegan Murray things where he slips in and runs the floor in transition perfectly and crashes the offensive board. And before you know it, he has 15 points in 10 minutes. Like, I don't know if it's going to be to that extent in the NBA, and it probably won't, especially when you consider the size. Um, but like I th- I'm confident he's still gonna find ways to impact the game. It might not be to the extent that some other people are willing to pencil it in. But I'm like, I don't see Keegan like completely flaming out and not making any impact on offense, especially granted he doesn't have the defensive floor or ceiling that I feel that Sohan has, but if so, it it might not be worth it for like the defense might not even be worth it. If Sohan can't like be of value on offense, we see that time and time again in today's league, Tari Again, it's a little murkier. I do think he's going to shoot it. I do think he's going to be able to put the ball on the floor and turn corners and get to the rim and put downhill pressure. I do think he, in time, could maybe offer some, I don't want to say standstill creation, but something a little bit less catered than like a closeout attack. Like I think he showcased the ability to maybe do that. Will it be in a sta- in like a straight line and pretty rudimentary? Likely. But like there are still ways for him to make an impact on offense. The so-on stuff... Even like, I really like his passing. I think he's a very good decision maker for the size. However, like it could kind of fall apart or it could fall apart if he's kind of asked to just sit in the corner and space and attack closeouts, or it's going to require, and I, I don't want to talk about this avenue, like whoever drafts him, which organization drafts him to employ him as a short role playmaker, as a DHO operator and maximize the decision-making and IQ and, handling chops that he does have when operating on a completely um, like on a complete advantage where he doesn't have to even beat a defender from his hip. Um, where like, which of them do you see more likely? I, I guess. Like, well, I as think an that's where it gets to be problematic too, because again, not that I don't think he can do it, but I just think like, where is the, what is the finishing looking like for you? If yeah. he's driving to the rim and, and there's, there's a really good rim protector. Like, again, this is, to be fair, it's not going to be every team, but I do think there's going to be just a lot of times where I'm like, okay, cool. Somebody, they're going to be willing to let him get to the rim and, or not saying let him get to them is the wrong way to put it, but like, okay, when, when a big is coming up and, and you have to deal with him on the short roll, what is that looking like? Or, um, 
what is it just what is it just looking like in general like yes i do think like small ball five for him as a defender could be really interesting but i think it's less about small ball five and more like he kind of is a five right now if the yeah. if the shot doesn't come along um or at least i should say he's getting guarded yeah well I should, he's not getting guarded to, to three um for the most part and like that's where it just gets a little bit like scary like okay well then what is happening like i do think what makes it tough, like like we talked about a little bit with him as a leaper, I'm not really sure I view him as being like some awesome pick and roll lob threat or somebody who I think is going to just be so dynamic attacking downhill that he's able to just jam it on top of guys. Like obviously he dunked quite a quite a bit this year, but like again, he he kind of needs to gather a little bit to get to get going. I just ah, and, and especially like if the floater was there, it's not. If there was like a push shot or something, like then maybe I'd have a little bit more confidence in it. But I do think like it's just kind of I don't know. I I feel I, I feel bad, but like that's kind of just where I'm at right now. Like I, I don't no, know. I, like I, it's I kept that's... I kept watching it, especially against teams that were like, okay, you're playing at the five against us. We we don't care. Like it yeah. just it's kind of like oh wow, that's not. I don't know, man. I mean, I texted you when I was really going th- like through the Baylor film again, and it w- it sounds a little harsh. And I think I was a little, I don't think I was harsh enough during the year, honestly. I think I got carried away with like passion, passing flashes and attacking with size and these counters and these spins and the defense is incredible, which it is. And, and I do, before we like fully move on or like wrap him up, I do want to highlight and like go in depth on the defense because the optimized version of Jeremy Sohan is like, to me at least, a serviceable offensive player who can space the floor a little bit, be a very impactful cutter, be like leveraged in certain unique spots as an, as an initiator or a roller um, and just maximize that IQ and those instincts and like be forced to shoot, I guess, as less as possible. And then you're just like, I don't know if I want to say all NBA because that's like putting a lot of um, praise on him, but a very, very high level defender defender that not only makes his impact heard in a vacuum with rotations and on ball versatility, but someone who just kind of cleans up for mistakes on the perimeter a little bit as a backline defender. I think he has the potential to do that. So I do want to kind of give him a lot of defensive flowers before we get out of here, because I, I would say um, right now we talked about Tari's, ultimate ceiling but that is a gamble and understanding that it's a gamble um we're both kind of enticed by the by the gamble and uh, and are willing to kind of attribute certain things to make it seem like to make it seem attainable and i i'm not going to say likely but it's within the realm of possibilities however sohan is definitely more of a sure bet especially on defense um to be a plus impact and uh i do want to give him his credit here because the technical stuff, both on the ball and off the ball, is extremely impressive and definitely something like all low men versatile four should watch. Um, and I think he has the potential and it's realistic potential to be very impactful here. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I think uh, it just a lot like he's somebody who definitely I think should be a lottery still without a doubt because of the skills that he does have and the potential for for you know, what could happen if you're able to develop out some of the rest of them. I just am probably not as high on that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, do you want to talk about his teammate real quick before we wrap up this episode? Cause I, we were texting and I feel like we rarely disagree on here. Yeah. Um, 
this could be one of those disagreements where we go back and forth for 10 to 15 minutes and then compare boards and he's within like five spots of each other, but we're going to do it anyways. Uh, Kendall Brown. Yeah, I, I don't even remember what I said. I think I just said that he we've uh, people have been too unkind to him during the draft process, which is – I should have phrased it a little bit differently. But to be fair, like I still think like Jeremy is definitely a better prospect uh, and player right now. But I still think like – I don't know. I'm still pretty intrigued by who Kendall could be. Like I still view him as a first-round guy. I know you do not currently. But he would be like back at first round for me. So like 20, 25 to like 30 round, I think for me. Um, I know like, I don't know. I I actually would say I have more faith in Kendall Brown becoming a shooter than I do in, 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 in Sohan. And I know like you can, you could say, and I, I wouldn't disagree that, you know, actual three point volume would count as a, a more of a determinant of him becoming a shooter. Um, and that's totally fair. Kendall did not have that in the slightest bit. But I do think, like, he shows legitimately quite a bit better touch from, like, every area of the floor. Um, and even, like, the threes that he takes, I don't think that they look bad at all. Like, we've talked about this in the pod before. And, again, I think, like, being a shooter is essential for him, like, being a, a player in the NBA that is doing anything. But um, I don't know. I still think that there's something there. My rebut- So I agree with you that if we are comparing Sohan and Kendall side by side, like Kendall Brown has a better chance at being a viable shooter. What I also would say is that like the benchmark for Kendall as a shooter to reach the offensive effectiveness that Sohan can reach is much higher. Like, yeah, I think, I think so. Like Sohan just needs to be passable and like not be a complete detriment when it comes to floor spacing if he is spacing the floor remotely like again i'm not confident in it the, the numbers are not encouraging and going way back to like 2019 in the cerebral database free throws are all within 50 percent and are all ranging throughout the 50s and three-point stuff is all throughout the 20s like there is not much there to latch on to however He's comfortable putting the ball on the ground. Is he burning closeouts? No, but he's still getting to the second layer and making a decision and can be a positive cog in your offense. He's extremely smart, and the defense is – we're never talking about defense. Like, I just trust him there, and he's going to be a good cutter. And Kendall's a good cutter as well, but Kendall's handle is so far behind Sohan, and so is his aggressiveness when when it comes to, like, getting to the paint. And I, like – I do think Sohan – they both kind of settle a lot, like in the short mid-range area. But Kendall's tendencies there kind of just drive me crazy because yeah, no, and that's fair. Like he's not like Sohan is a big body, but he's much more grounded. So he's gonna rely on like dropping a shoulder and hitting a little push out or dropping a shoulder and like scooping it at the rim. Kendall is a bouncy athlete. Like if I had Kendall's vertical, like I would be dry, and Kendall will like sometimes get like good driving lanes and will take advantage of them despite the janky handle and then he gets there like there's someone on his hip and he settles for a floater like completely with like not on a jump stop not centered not jump, going straight up straight down just like a wild running floater like where he's shooting at a moving target and one it's a difficult shot and two it's just completely like it's just terrible process from mm-hmm. him for someone with his tools that's what i would say like his to- kendall's tools on paper are great like he's a springy athlete gets off the ground quickly, but they're just not super functional um, based on like his slashing prowess. Like someone's a better slasher, despite everything we just said about his inability to turn the corner and punish closeouts. But he, yeah. I still find him to be much more effective there. 
Yeah, no, 100%. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I just think um, to me, uh, I, I wouldn't say that I have more faith in the handle, but I do think like it has, like if it just improves a little bit, like <laughs> I know I'm doing heavy lifting here, but like, that, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I still think like to me, like I'm, I'm comfortable with like back of the first gym, but like, yeah, I like it. It really wouldn't have to improve very much to get, uh, to get anything there, but yeah, it is, it is very far, far off right now. I just think like, if we're talking, we've talked about Sohan being contextual, like where, like Kendall has to be my, yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Like he's definitely someone who I think would need G league time. Um, to figure what do you out. think of his what do you think of his defense Kendall it's not it's not the worst like he gets back cut a lot but it, I, I do think that um like I wish that he were a little bit more aggressive sometimes on defense sometimes you can be over aggressive too so he's like he's just, he's an odd metric to look at with there especially in Baylor's system it can be like very odd to watch him but um I think he's fine defensively is how I would classify him right now like he definitely makes a lot of mistakes, um, but I view him as somebody who could be a, a decent bit better. Like I don't think that he has the kind of ceiling that somebody like Sohan or Tari does. Um, but I think like just given what he can do covering ground and and being big and long, like that's there. There's definitely you know room there for him to get better as a defender. Yeah, toolsy. But as you said, like I like they're clear. Baylor scheme will present you with like a clear set of problems to solve, especially on the backside. Like if we're funneling help to a certain area on the floor, these are triggered rotations that have been mapped out and mapped out. And like just a, a little too often throughout the year, he would just fuck those up. Um, and I'm not saying everyone like P prospects aren't prone to defensive lapses, especially freshmen. That would be wild, but with the, again, the bar gets so much higher when you're talking about the amount of offensive hurdles that one has to clear. Because, again, like kind of where I'm coming from, from these prospects especially, is like if you're going to be an offensive liability, it, it's just like it just gets so much more complicated and murkier and cloudy because they're just not like a team isn't going to play you. Like the opportunity cost of playing you, no matter how good the defense is, it's just not worth it um, mm -hmm. of incurring the problems that you're just inviting problems that you can't necessarily solve on the offense, on the other end of the floor, no matter how good you are. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. Like I do want to hold these guys to a super high standard, um, especially when it comes to the offensive side of the floor. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Like, I don't, I, again, I don't disagree with you. I think I just probably have a little bit more faith that it can, improve at least a little bit um but no i think that's a that's a good leaving off point unless you had anything else you want to hit on no that was i think we did a good job of kind of i when we came on the podcast like i wanted to do a, like a good job of mapping out the pitch for tari while also understanding that it is both like there's a very real possibility it's a very it, risk reward type thing yeah it don't no it does not like there's a very real possibility where this does not work out however like I like both of us are enticed by the opportunity to make the bet. And like, there are grounded reasons in that it's, and as I wanted to explain that while also expressing um, some reasonable skepticism. And I think we did a solid job of doing that. So yeah, fun, fun group to talk about for sure. Um, and one where I'm very curious to see where they all end up on draft night. Yeah, definitely. Me too, man. Well, Jake, this was fun to everyone listening. Thank you for listening. And most importantly, have a good rest of your day.